We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by MyBookie. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me as always on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, last week's show, I did apologize at the start of it to the listeners. We had some technical issues, which meant that the files were lost into the ether for eternity. Uh, so hopefully this week, this will record smoothly and everyone will get to hear those uh, dulcet tones of Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, uh, welcome back aboard the podcast. That show last week was quite uh, quite a good one but uh, i guess we have to promise the listeners an even better one this week to make up for it <laughs> well I, I my assumption is that the solo show then uh was even better and yeah it's it's exciting to be back we've got two weeks worth of you know very encouraging developments here i think the last two weeks have been very good for wrote of his readers and listeners and a good reminder that sometimes the key for fantasy football and a lot of other things in life is just a little bit of patience we've certainly seen our guys uh, dominate over the last couple of weeks Colin, i've had a team that got off to a little bit of a slow start despite having christian mccaffrey which uh, seems impossible right i mean he's he's been world killer monster destroyer uh you know the greatest fantasy player of all time or certainly for most of us in the last decade or so you know if you go back into the early 2000s you know you have some marshall falk and ladanian tomlinson priest holmes some of those guys competitive recently no one like christian mccaffrey but team got off to a little bit of a slow start and was even i believe in uh, 11th place you know four or five weeks into the season but 
with DJ Chark, Will Fuller, uh, Stefan Diggs obviously on the bye, but uh, Jarvis Landry all in the mix there. Scored 398 points over the last two weeks and you know, with one week to go have pulled back a, a little like three weeks ago this team is down 250 points and you know doesn't have that much chance now just within 40 still dealing with an opponent who has lamar jackson as we saw last night uh you know he opened that gap back up with his astonishing performance lamar jackson i think the other player this season with mccaffrey those two guys have made the 2019 season but yeah you know have have one more week to go with with all that receiving firepower and you know i didn't even mention our guy who did the most work this week also on that team dj moore we'll get into him a little bit more later in the show yeah, so many guys, you know, the the brand, I guess we'll call it at Rotoviz, uh, a lot of those off-season takes uh, have really come into full flight pretty much since kind of week eight onwards, and there was some of them before that, but we've really had our stride over the last couple of weeks. So if you had a team that was able to manage to get through those first couple of weeks, it can be difficult. There's lots of ups and downs, but man, uh, over the last couple of weeks, as you hinted at there, and a couple of them will follow back from his injury, big game of Thursday night football, uh, DJ Moore, and we'll be talking about, as you mentioned later in the show, Monster Monster Week. He did hit on Lamar Jackson there. I had one team who faced up against Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram on Monday night football. I had a 35-point lead heading into that one and i i I went to bed thinking there is no chance that i am going to be able to get a result i mentioned go to bed because that game kicking off at 1 30 a.m here in ireland and woke up this morning and i thought maybe the maybe the rams were able to hold them in check and uh looked at the score and (laughs) that was uh quickly done and dusted uh lamar jackson just proving to be uh unstoppable at the moment uh we talked about you know you hinted at it we talked about a few weeks ago is Christian McCaffrey the best uh, fantasy running back of all time? Well, this is turning out to be one of the the kind of historic at the moment in terms of quarterback runs over the last couple of weeks that we've seen from Lamar Jackson. So we might touch on him a little bit further in the show. But before we do, I want to let you know, as always, about Rotoviz Patreon, where you can join our official Rotoviz Radio Slack, ask questions and gain league-winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. We like to talk about the things on the show. A lot of the stuff we talk about in a lot of the articles on the site, the guys are getting extra information in that Patreon group. So head on over, join up today, starting from just $6 per month. That is patreon.com forward slash Rotoviz Radio. And as always as well, you can get that loyal podcast listener discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass right now. That is at the podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Get ready for the playoff push. Use those tools on the site to gain an edge against your opponents and take home that championship right now get that amazing value and help support the podcast network that is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast so sean it is thanksgiving week and i suppose your article this week uh, hinted at a little bit of thanksgiving uh, or gratitude towards some fantasy football uh, members off your roster who uh, tend tended to help you gain a big edge in, in week 12 off the season obviously we've talked this season quite a bit about the buccaneers and the the fluctuation and and value week to week on the two wide receivers there and it's been a kind of mike evans there for a couple of weeks and now we're back to chris godwin with an absolutely monster performance this week uh, against the falcons whose defense looked like they were back on track for two weeks and really got off track very very quickly this week against the buccaneers um i guess you know looking at it jarvis 
Landry has had a, a nice run here. And there's a couple of other wide receivers in that Jarvis Landry mold who have had a couple of solid weeks. Uh, Jameson Crowder, the Jets, kind of fits into that similar kind of role for me. Uh, both guys having good weeks uh, recently. And DJ Moore, who hadn't caught a touchdown, got two this week and uh, was very, very impressive. Kind of, you know, people were talking about the inefficiency and what he hadn't been doing. Well, I think, you know, this week we've seen kind of what the true DJ Moore can produce those weak winning performances uh, out of the, out of those guys I'm sure you're you're grateful to them all but is there anybody in particular you're more grateful to after week 12 well we had an interesting week here a lot of listeners are familiar with Ben Gretsch former writer for us and friend to the site all around fantastic guy he came on the show was one of our uh, most liked shows of one of the elite, Sean, only two podcast guests ever, so we have to put him up there in, in high regard. <laughs> yes, when you're when you're one of only two and the other one is Davis Maddock, then you know you are in the Rotoviz Overtime Hall of Fame. Yeah, so Ben and I have this team that were in a league where a week ago, right, there are eight teams in second place at five and five. The entire the entire league right there together, obviously making these must wins. We win last week. A lot of those Rotoviz guys coming on. We go into a matchup this week. Obviously, David Johnson has been a bust for us on the bye. Probably would be a zero if he were in the lineup. Uh, Stefan Diggs, third round pick uh, on the bye. And so, you know, our one guy who's really carried us, Mike Evans, and our opponent has chris godwin so we're going into this game we're thinking okay godwin you know actually has had sort of a slow month and you you wouldn't really believe it if you watched this game because he had a month's worth just in the first half i mean this first half here right he he has six of six catches 151 yards two touchdowns 33 fantasy points and at the same time mike evans one catch on four targets 2.7 points and it seems like you know we're absolutely done because our opponent also has christian mccaffrey it seems like you know if you don't have mccaffrey in the lineup he's going to be on your opponents and so not a great start and just to, to give a little bit more praise to godwin here you know this is his third 30-point game of the season, uh, dominant in all areas, right? He was getting open deep. He was catching the long ball. He was shredding tacklers on intermediate routes. You know, he has this touchdown grab where the ball actually kind of gets stuck uh, with the Falcons defender's body in there and doesn't appear to know it. Godwin pulls that away for his second touchdown. Very, very dominant player. He and Evans go into the week 2-3, they flip-flop roles there when you see a week like this it's difficult to believe that godwin isn't going to be the star every week because as we've talked about a little bit on the show and then followed by a lot of revenge games seemingly by mike evans but godwin can just do everything godwin really can do everything but you know uh, we talked about it a bit in the off season about you know could mike evans you know be underrated in terms of where they were going in drafts and you know i think we've seen this season that the two of these guys are it is a 1a 1b situation but what is so strange is that it's such a you know change from week to week in terms of like 
one guy's putting up close to 30 points and the other guy's not doing a huge amount uh, the one thing that i will say is the weeks that they're not doing a huge amount in terms of chris godwin he isn't killing you like you know in terms of you mentioned that this is his third game over 30 but he's had five games over 25 and then every game bar two he's been over 13 points so he's not uh you know really letting you down where he's going to kill the team completely on those weeks that aren't big weeks but you know you mentioned the last couple of games in terms of what has happened like mike evans was just you know tearing things things up before this uh you know he had a stretch of the the two games back to back with 198 yards 180 yards so these guys are both capable of doing and i don't think there's really another team in the league maybe outside of uh houston um where we can see two wide receivers putting up such high numbers with the yards that are going up here so it was uh, minnesota too with Diggs and, and thielen but uh, just hugely impressive and it's just though you can't really be overly confident as to which guy is going to get it on a weekly basis but uh really uh, fun watching both of them and the first half was just it was just like you were looking up you thought it was another replay uh it was another another big play it was in fact uh, live action uh, with chris godwin the other one uh, i suppose that had a big game all around was the cleveland browns going up against the miami dolphins uh odell beckham getting in the the end zone this week jarvis landry nice performance from him um but overall just fun seeing these things happen you mentioned dj moore obviously he's another guy that got into the end zone twice this past week um a bit of a relief i think for me when he got the first one uh, and so many of my lineups uh, on a weekly basis in dynasty and uh, then you're hoping for him in those best ball leagues but uh, really good to see him get in there once and then to see him get in twice with with the high target share as well uh, very very positive and that's two games out of the last three that he's gone over 20 points and he hasn't been below 17 points in the last four in terms of uh, ppr do you think this is obviously two touchdown performances aren't what we're going to see but you think that he now with this kind of four game stretch is starting to show what we all thought at the start of the season that he can be in that kind of top kind of 15 range to to top 12 range of uh, wide receivers i think so we talked about this a lot on the site court smith started out the season using the road of his screener to come up with the best second year comps for all of these guys who are transitioning from rookies to second year players a lot of them had good comps dj moore had the best a lot of hall of fame comps in there i looked at it using our different projection models showing that more despite a lot of the enthusiasm was still very undervalued based on what his college metrics suggested his rookie metrics suggested and then that big jump that blair has demonstrated multiple times in the wrong read that these guys take you can see that in the numbers right the projection system bears that out that they do make this jump and so the points implied by adp even with that fairly enthusiastic adp there was a big gap there to what we believed he would score and then curtis patrick also had a really cool article uh went viral a little bit talking about uh some of the rookie metrics that he hit and how players historically in that cohort have gone on to be big time stars in their second season so looking at it from a variety of different angles we all came to the same conclusion that Moore was going to be a star and then i think the offense has really held him back right you have cam newton who a very effective nfl quarterback but not necessarily a great passer and then certainly when he gets hurt and you go to the backup then that brings a lot of different problems into play which we've seen unfortunately across the nfl so many backups going in there uh the Bengals, for example deciding to go back to andy dalton because it has just been such a disaster what they're dealing with but despite this backup quarterback play 
And despite the fact that going into week 12, DJ Moore had only scored a single touchdown, right? Doubles up his touchdown total on the year. He'd been good, right? You look at his performance, he'd only been held under 13 points twice. He hadn't had that big ceiling without the touchdowns, but then we finally get to see this week what he can do when he finds the end zone. And it wasn't just that he found the end zone. He did it in ways that fantasy owners are going to be really excited about. He got the long pass, <laughs> talked about it the other night on the Fantasy Football Report with Blair and Hassan. Uh, Hassan really, you know, very eager to see some some long passes here to DJ Moore because he's probably the guy who can capitalize on them a little bit better than Curtis Samuel, right? So you get the long touchdown, the 51-yard touchdown, and then later you get a fourth down, one-handed touchdown where he reaches back, stabs it with the big paw. And, you know, we really are seeing the full range of Moore's talents at this point where he's been an intermediate threat right he's not one of these guys who's just catching a bunch of two and three yard passes but he's been dominating in the intermediate area which is in many ways the most difficult area for receivers to dominate in the key area where you see the stars really work right so we get these underneath guys and then you have your deep shot guys your John Brown sorts of players it's not that those players aren't useful and we'll maybe talk about Jarvis Lehner here just again in a second but they're maybe easier to find you got the speedsters who can stretch it you got the guys underneath players who can dominate everywhere like DJ Moore is doing do turn out to be the real stars and more now I updated my dynasty rankings last week had him in that 20 to 30 range with a bunch of the other guys from this rookie class because this class here uh, now in their second seasons very very underrated coming in we're seeing a bunch of guys out of it do well with this game I think you know we can upgrade him a little bit more and certainly would not be a surprise if a year from now we're talking about more as a first round dynasty selection yeah and no, i just I, I really enjoyed seeing this performance this week and we've kind of been waiting for it we've seen glimpses of it uh now we've seen uh, you know him really hit that ceiling a little bit so uh, looking forward to seeing what is to come i'm sure there will be some ups and downs um with the quarterback situation but um you know i think as you mentioned there in terms of his overall season performance it, it hasn't been one that's really let you down but hopefully we'll see some more of these spike weeks moving forward somebody who i've kind of enjoyed watching um you know this season don't have a huge amount of them uh you know in terms of dynasty uh the dynasty stock but in terms of dfs i've played him quite a few times and that's aj brown of the titans uh rookie wide receiver and he has impressed me a couple of times with a big week for him this past week um just looks he looks so big when he's on the <laughs> when he's out there on the field and i just i just enjoy watching some of the play and the titans are a team who anytime they can complete a pass and play tends to be more enjoyable because it's not something we see them attempt uh, as much as we'd like but since ryan Tannehill has come into the offense they have been a little bit more successful uh, in terms of passing the ball and he's been one of the top scoring uh fantasy quarterbacks over the last kind of four weeks or so but uh aj brown and you mentioned the second year kind of class here wide receivers and myself and yourself were quite high on them even even this time last year with guys like kirk uh moving in here with ej moore as well but the this wide receiver class was a little bit underrated as well if we're starting to look already at how they're doing in terms of fantasy productions with guys like hardman and brown and we've even seen you know darius slayton for the, the giants and marquise brown he had a big game uh and on monday night football mclaurin uh dj metcalf you know we haven't really seen much of annie isabella and debo samuel for the 49ers there's just a lot of guys so exciting times here to, to see those guys in year one and as you mentioned and the work that blair has done the breakout heading into year two so 
these are guys that are going to be uh, exciting talents to start to see where they're going to start to filter into next year's draft stock as well but you mentioned there a moment ago you wanted to, to touch a little bit on on Landry again uh, do you want to do you want to take a moment to, to talk about Jarvis he's always been one of my favorite guys and I feel like he gets you know too much criticism for being this underneath player because the underneath players are also very valuable I wrote an article after week three that maybe was a hopeful article looking at how his target numbers were starting to move into a range where we could be excited because frankly Landry had been awful with the Browns right he played 19 games with them at that point and had been at minus 2.3 fantasy points over expectation per game right he's underperforming his volume by more than two points per game and done that over a big stretch and had done it despite the fact that in the second half of the 2018 season you know we'd seen this improvement from baker mayfield and everything seemed exciting through week three of this season he was averaging 2.0 less in terms of adjusted yards per attempt when being targeted by mayfield than he'd averaged with matt moore right and during his browns tenure his reception rate had dropped from 6.3 catches per game to 4.8 so he's looking losing a catch and a half he's less efficient and he's got less volume and he goes from being this guy who's legitimately a second third you know round player regardless of format to someone where you know you drafted in the sixth round and suddenly a month into the season you're wondering if you can even start it and that's one of the reasons why ben and i got off to uh, a slower start you know a few of these guys in the lineup there you know can you get those points from landry but at the same time that we're seeing chris godwin you know blow the roof off we have landry out there against his former team you get that first touchdown you get that second touchdown and you're thinking okay the browns are going to kind of shut it down they've got this game one but then the yardage numbers start to really go and in the end here Landry delivers a 10 148 and two line and only is outscored by Godwin by less than a point and so we're back in the game and one of the cool things I think since that article in week three where I said he's a gutsy buy it looks like things are going to finally turn around it's been interesting to see just how much he's controlled this wide receiving core one that also has Odell Beckham and I think most people and certainly I wouldn't you know put myself in a different category would expect that Beckham would probably be the at least 1a if not just clearly the one in this offense but since that time period Landry has him by targets 74 67 receptions 49 to 35 yards 682 to 48 so almost 200 touchdowns five to one and this is one of the things where you know you go back to what the the two of them did in college in a decent offense and landry could score and we've really been waiting his entire career to see him get in the end zone and so it's nice that during this stretch he's shown that off a little bit more they're averaging the same number in yards per reception landry has a huge edge almost a two yard edge in yards per target he's got him obviously in target share and he's not being as targeted as far down the field now there are some elements of this where you're like one of the things people were excited about with landry and the browns is that they weren't using him in such a shallow area and in this in some ways if he could keep the target share up if he could keep the target volume up you know then you'd have more overall volume and perhaps he wouldn't be averaging you know 10 yards per catch as he did so much of the time with the dolphins over this time period we've seen 
the depth of target fall again and him really emerge as the guy that he was before and this guy who can be so dominating as you know pugilistic you know frenetic enthusiastic receiver out there you know really one of the toughest wide receivers in the game and as a result of that he also has a 100 yard edge on beckham and yards after the catch during this time period now the caveat there is that he was targeted deeper down the field again in this massive blow-up game against the dolphins so there can be some good and bad things there but i think that what we're seeing and beckham not nearly to the level of landry i'm sure his owner is still you know very frustrated about how this is progressing but i do think that even though you know you have to put in the big asterisk with it being a miami dolphins game that we're finally going to start to see the browns take the next step certainly they have the running backs that teams have to pay attention to as well i think if you're a browns fan things are going to finally start to get exciting so before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our friends over at MyBookie. For this week only, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. That is this Thanksgiving on Thursday Night Football. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congrats to you as well. MyBookie will give you all your money back. It's simply a no-brainer because you literally can't lose. It's no risk. It's all gravy. If it is your first time getting in on the action and you have lots of questions before you bet, don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join now, you still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. As a loyal listener to Rotoviz, you can head on over to mybookie.ag, make your first deposit with the promo code Rotoviz, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat that one more time, that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you don't want to sit on the sideline anymore, jump in on the action, you simply can't lose. Once again, go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code ROTOVIS for both the guaranteed deposit match and that risk-free bet for this week only on Thursday Night Football between the Bears and the Lions. You play, you win, you get paid. So Sean, to move on into the rest of the show, you were going to do a little bit of a look through the backfield editions uh, article that you've up on the site. It isn't up yet, but will be up um, later on uh, in the week. Make sure you check out the fall piece. But we'll tease you with some of the, the different bits and pieces looking at some of the backfields. Um, it's, it's been interesting over the last couple of weeks seeing how some of these backfields are performing, how some of them are evolving, and how some of them are pretty much uh, a disaster zone and, and need to be stayed away from um and any other backfield sean that you want to pick on first uh, maybe the listeners would uh, see sliding under the radar we start with the Atlanta falcons where they had this opportunity brian hill starting to emerge he still led the backfield with 13 opportunities to only nine for Olison, but was out on that crucial first quarter scoring drive didn't get those goal line carries and as a result had only 4.7 expected points which he then underperformed he led in targets four to one but didn't have even double digit expected points in this one which he then underperformed that this backfield split a missed opportunity and now Devonte freeman back to practice still sort of up in the air whether he'll play this week if we're missing freeman again for one more week do you have a back you prefer in this lineup do you feel comfortable going back to brian hill 
I'm staying away. A Freeman's in. I'll I'll consider playing Freeman, but Freeman's not in. I think it's a clear case of stay away. Um, you know, if you had a situation where you know Brian Hill was expected to be in on the goal line work, but I I've watched the Falcons over the last two weeks and Allison has been in on quite a few of those key downs. So uh, I I don't have the confidence to start Allison. So I'm going to have to stay away from Brian Hill and then um, you know. Kenyon Barner had two targets this week um you know no no carries so it's just a backfield that I think is too murky and I would stay away from if we get a situation where where Freeman comes back in I think we're going to see him get the you know the lion's share of the work here moving forward but it's Freeman or or bust for me here with this Atlanta Falcons uh running game moving forward Uh, any of them that you you could trust or is it a similar situation I don't think so we like Hill a lot but the offense has been too herky-jerky and anytime that you're starting to lose the high value touches there then i think you have to back away another interesting one where a back has taken more or less total control of the backfield is in detroit we have bo scarborough with 18 rushing attempts turns him into 98 yards so it was pretty efficient in terms of a yardage perspective here unfortunately only had one target and the lions without matthew stafford have been not surprisingly a much lower scoring team you can go to the team splits app you see they scored 25.5 with him only 18.7 without him there and certainly if they're moving more in a direction where you're going to have the grinder run the clock down then the upside is not necessarily there as well in an offense where you might not see as many goal line opportunities and certainly the backs and that back in particular not likely to be that heavily targeted we did get four targets combined for ty johnson and jd mckissick is he someone you would be interested in uh either you know making some type of little trade in a shallower league still going out and getting him on waivers or as a weekly play this week yeah i think guys think scarborough is quite interesting uh, he's somebody you know when he was drafted uh, i know it was in the seventh round to dallas uh, last year Um, obviously you know it was a landing spot that i didn't really want to see because he was going to be behind elliot but i had some hopes for him coming in you know out of college to see what what he could do at alabama um you know not the most talented guy in the world but i think in this offense has an opportunity i I don't know how many targets we can really expect from him but he is getting you know the workload in terms of the rushing game Um, and i think there's there's value in the way they're trying to run this offense currently um it's been kind of a difficult couple of weeks for the wide receivers it's hard you know with the quarterback situation there so i think if i was targeting something true uh the lions at the moment i would be looking towards somebody like scarborough and you know if you are in a, a deeper league or you're in a league for example you know a dynasty league most trade deadlines will be happening this week if you're looking to get that little bit of help but i do think that there's a kind of secure job for him there moving forward in the rushing game um obviously if it's uh you know the targets we talked about this uh in the off season you know but getting targets to the running back position but i think if you're in a situation where you just need that little bit of running back help to push you over the line i think he's probably one of the cheaper options who will have a you know kind of a sustained enough uh workload on a weekly basis to be able to maybe push you over the line is he somebody shown that you'll be targeting that kind of vein? i think you could get him for a reasonable price because he isn't somebody who's going to take a huge amount of value uh, to get especially if he's on you know one of the teams that are out of playoff contention and they could pick up a pick for example um you know looking ahead to next season um i think he is somebody who interests me from that from that perspective we're just trying to get a little bit of depth or, or trying to to get you pushed over the line for me the ceiling is so low because even in a game like this where he took his 18 carries and looked good right and he turned them into 98 yards but that still only gets you to around 10 fantasy points so you need those goal line carries which 
are going to be very difficult to project week to week. I do think in a desperation situation, certainly there are a lot of worse things you can do. He looks a lot like what we had from Adrian Peterson before Darius Geis got back. So, you know, 10 points, nothing to turn your nose up at. In a lot of situations, we have these games come down to two or three points where if you had someone in there, then perhaps it puts you over the top. I do think if you have other options, you definitely want to still investigate them. Another option that players might be considering either in their flex spot or if they do have some more depth in their lineup comes there in Philadelphia. One of our zero running back targets who has appeared on the verge of a blow up for a while, but hasn't quite been putting it together. And this last week we saw with Carson Wentz. Uh, really throwing some wiffle balls out to his guys now in his defense and just in terms of this game in general we also saw some from russell wilson had some pretty significant sideways wins which makes it more difficult but miles sanders gets five targets again he has seven expected points both as a rusher and a receiver he underperforms both of them but comes in around 10 He's had two games this season where his fantasy points over expectation jumped into double figures. The rest of the time, he's really been struggling. But these games are always out there. So then the question is, you know, with him still looking like a developmental back uh, as a runner, and we've seen this with a couple other uh, rookies as well, people very enthusiastic about David Montgomery, but you know, him struggling again uh, significantly in Week 12, as Sanders puts it together, should we be concerned about JHI taking some touches? Sanders had a 12 to 6 edge in this game, but obviously it was the first one back for Ajayi. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's one of the, I know he was injured for quite a portion of the start of the year. I think, you know, there'll be a lot more teams interested in Ajayi, obviously going back to a team that he was with uh, previously. Um, you know, I, I don't know how long he'll hold up in terms of his, his body, but I don't know how much he's going to be able to affect this uh, offense moving forward. Sanders has been so up and down, and you mentioned there Montgomery as well. We've had a few shows where we've kind of talked about which one we prefer, and like you could. It's just good the the way their performances are like Montgomery is just so misfiring at the minute um and that offense is just so off you know although Anthony Miller had a, a nice game this week and you know Alan Robinson just deserves a chance with a better quarterback because you know if he he's putting up as good a season for having a per quarterback play as, as anyone in the league at the moment um I, I have to say that you know Sanders is starting to look a little bit uh, or quite a bit better than, than Montgomery out of the two of those but the problem for this team Sean is like they're just like obviously a lot of injuries at the moment but there's just really nothing explosive about the team it's very slow against against the the Seahawks they really had nothing going like you mentioned you know they've the two tight ends and Erickson Goddard but outside of that you know there's not a huge amount happening um I I know the injuries are are really affecting that but there's a lot of concerns around this team because I I don't really think it's a lot of what Wentz is doing is all that wrong but um he's had two back-to-back poor games and and I I I really fear for where this offense is going to go down the stretch here uh, especially if the injuries continue for them so the the Eagles are a team that uh, many many worries for me moving forward here you mentioned so many of the wide receivers and the article on the site goes in a lot of depth on those rookie wide receivers somebody that we haven't seen a lot of and i think is a a sharp contrast within this context of the rookies looking so good on so many other teams is a jj ortega whiteside and you have to start to question a little bit the development that they've done with some of these young players when 
they continue to say he's going to get his opportunities when the starters are hurt well now the problem is the starters are hurt the offense doesn't work but he doesn't look ready doesn't look good certainly doesn't have that rapport with Carson Wentz who frankly doesn't have much of a rapport with any of his guys at this moment I think we have some better things in store specifically for Sanders their running back schedule down the stretch is extremely favorable so a guy who could blow up Probably not We multiple 30, 40 point games, but if you look at a more reasonable and multi 20 point games during the fantasy playoffs, he could be one of those guys we look back on and say a little bit like David Johnson, his rookie year, this guy really helped people win their league, you know, make some money in some of the bigger contests. The other big development this week from a zero running back perspective, and certainly uh, guys that we've been talking about a lot during the offseason and then following into the season, we may have finally seen the changing of the guard with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. One of the things about this is there's so much emphasis or visibility on the fumbles, and that certainly seems to be the impetus for a potential move. But Penny has actually been much more efficient as well. Now, uh, obviously, some stickiness issues. Penny's had some of the big plays, which skew some of his numbers. But he has looked good. His fantasy points over expectation are much better. His yards per carry is better. Carson has that running style, which I think people are very drawn to because visually he looks like he's getting every yard possible and really fighting for the yards. And that's what people want to see, right? When you're watching professional sports, when you're watching something like football, you want to see those guys who feel like they're leaving it all on the field, getting every yard they possibly can. Penny doesn't have that same look. But he is a big, relatively explosive back who might come into his own fairly quickly in this offense. Should we be excited about Penny or will there be more shenanigans with the Seattle backfield? <laughs> We've had a few falls down, Sean, throughout the, throughout the process here with Richard Penny. Uh, but maybe this is the, the real and true uh, switch up where we see it, um, you know, I just have so many questions about like where Pete Carroll will go with this call. I would, I would, I think we need to see another week where we get Penny leading the way in the backfield. I think out of the two backs, you know, Carson has by far I uh, I produced what we would expect at kind of this time last year. You know, pre pre kind of the twenty eighteen season when he started to get some rumblings that he could be in with a shot at the job, and uh, he's obviously done fantastic for what we were expecting at that stage. But I think in terms of what you've mentioned there, he looks like you know the guy who's really pushing the pushing the pile for those last couple of yards where i think that penny can be the player who gets out into space and there's no catching him when he's starting to get away from you and uh, you know be more explosive but i think we're still going to see somewhat of a share between the two i don't think it's gonna be a situation where penny just jumps ahead and takes the work every week i think what we've seen this week we had a situation where penny had the 14 rush attempts carson had eight rush attempts um, I, I think we'll see a situation maybe like that there like a, a, a you know a two-thirds to one-third split and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we go out this week again. Uh, I, I believe the Seahawks are playing the Vikings this week. We could see that there just kind of flip again where we have Carson leading the way and Penny rushing behind. But I do think, you know, Carson is going to be on a very short leash if that even is the case. But uh, I, w- I would like to see them lean forward with Penny in a, in a greedy way for my own personal teams. But uh, also I think it will be best place for the offense. The, the Seahawks tend to be that offense that we always think they could have so much they, they are so efficient but they could have so much more you know if they if they start to open it up a little bit more for wilson if they start to get penny a little bit more involved so let's see what happens with the seahawks but they're they're definitely a team that i always just feel like there's another 25 percent of uh you know 
points points on the board with that team but interesting to look through the backfield sean uh, be sure and check out the rest of the piece up on the site um, throughout the week lots of great content is always going up on the road of his site so make sure you're checking it out but the backfield uh, breakdown is always one of the the best ones to have a look through get a, a quick observation of what's happening around the league and those backfields So, Sean, rolling into the fourth quarter, we have a couple of different things we're going to look at, taking a little bit of uh, information from Blair's recent uh, piece that's just published uh, today. We're recording this on Tuesday. It's just gone up on the site. Some of his observations, we're going to look then uh, a little bit through uh, some of the best ball win rates um, in terms of what a piece you put up last week, but we've obviously have some updated information on as well. So we look at it, Sean, the observations. uh, What was your thoughts um, of some of the, the parts of Blair's article that you wanted to highlight? Well, Leonard Fournette, and, and anyone who remotely followed this week knows he was the big story. He had 37 expected points, uh, converted those into a huge number of actual fantasy points, was a big week winner. That 37 EP was not just the lead in Week 12, but the most that any player has had in any individual game all season. Two carries from the one-yard line obviously helped, converted both of those into touchdowns, also had a career high with 12 targets you go in you look at his target numbers through the nfl stat explorer and you can see that he's been a little bit of an underrated receiver throughout his career i certainly had to point that out as a mistake that i had made in some of my evaluations of him and that ability to bring that 2019 has taken a big step forward his numbers here all but two weeks six or more targets right so He's now moving into this big back with receiving value. Doesn't have the lateral agility that you see from Le'Veon Bell that we certainly used to see from David Johnson. But the vertical speed, the ability to catch the ball and then get upfield, right? You want those yards down the field. You want those yards in the right direction. Fournette certainly demonstrating that he can be that. And even when he doesn't, all of these targets add up to points in ppr and he's starting to look like a real monster blair hypothesizes that certainly he'll be a first round pick next year he might even start to challenge some of those guys in that top five range the only person he trails on the season in expected points is christian mccaffrey and certainly when people are having that volume you want to be very careful before you turn in a different direction especially when that volume comes in the forms of these targets that he's getting right now yeah, no, and, you know, with Fournette, he's just like, I don't know what it is about Fournette. He's somebody who I've always disliked. And this season, I've just had to kind of come around to the fact that, you know, he is really producing. And the, the one part, like you mentioned, that we may have missed out a little bit on is the passing game usage throughout his career. Um, he has been very, you know, as you mentioned, the targets throughout the season have been very good. But because there are those kind of high percentage targets and short throws, there's been a huge percentage of those converted into uh, receptions you know on the season he's only had one game below 66 percent completion so he's getting targets a lot of the time he's having a hundred percent or 75 percent completion percentage you know in terms of his catch rate and uh, you know that really leads in ppr points you're obviously getting a point no matter what the situation is there unless he fumbles it and um, so that's somewhere where we've really seen the difference like we talked in the offseason about I mentioned earlier in the show the value of having the running backs be able to get the workload in both the passing and receiving game and you know how much the value is to have those targets and that was somewhere where I really didn't see that happening this year Sean I think you were probably in a similar vein you know in terms of his overall production do you think that's a big difference because we haven't seen him get the touchdown so 
like McCaffrey's getting touchdown after touchdown after touchdown it's not that that area where he's really getting those points um what do you think that is the main difference is what we're seeing from him in the receiving game well you pull up the 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 tool right and you can look at it in in visual format see exactly where he's been and this season six 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 right only the twice where he's held below that previously in his career only once reaching six targets now the numbers were still there to suggest that he was going to have a decent floor because he had been targeted just not to this level now that he's broken through he certainly looks like a player a player i would personally value ahead of ezekiel elliott for example because like we talked on the show a couple weeks ago where elliott has gone in the other direction and this is such an important part of a running back's profile that you want to go after that type of touch more than anything else there's also the situation and we've discussed this on the show as well where these backs lose value earlier in their careers than people realize so in an elliot you might already be in the situation where you can sell him still at a high but his value through the rest of his career is going to fall and you want to make sure you get out before we see that fall uh, with a girly with a david johnson uh, with a Le'Veon bell Fournette might be a player where you can hold through next season and get the value out of him, sell at that point, and have really taken advantage of the different windows. Now, with what Fournette has done this week, with the volume he's had this year, you know, certainly to acquire him at this point, I was fortunate enough to acquire him when I needed to make some quarterback switches earlier in the season. And I, I again, we've talked about this some on the show, but that's the way that I would go about making some of these changes is when you're going to have to pay anyway right because you have to address an injury if you're in a super flex league and you need to get that second quarterback or if you're in a dynasty league and multiple quarterbacks went down for you on the same week and you're looking at a zero you're going to have to make some moves and you're going to have to pay right to get Fournette at this point you're going to have to pay it makes sense to wrap him into a deal where you already had to make a move where you're going to pay so you can swap some of those players out you know giving up a top 10 player in return giving up a top 10 player and another top 50 player that kind of thing to make that quarterback switch he's still a guy definitely i think we should be targeting and it'll be interesting to see once everything settles where his adp goes for next season certainly people moving him up their dynasty rankings certainly a guy who looks like he could be a big time performer but this jacksonville offense with the quarterback situation with just how bad the team looked in general this past week and this past month we could be looking at a lot of changes in jacksonville those could be positive for net but they could also introduce the uncertainty that keeps his adp a little bit lower than it might otherwise be yeah and you mentioned that's a good comparison if you mentioned elliot and him you could nearly flip-flop the stats and you would think that Ezekiel Elliott was Leonard Fournette you know if you had them before the season which player is this after week 12 in terms of the the way things have worked out and you know he has 70 targets on the season 56 receptions um you know that's nearly what he had like if you look at his career before this year uh, in 2017 36 receptions and then the last year 22 receptions so basically in his career to date um, going in with 58 receptions and true 11 games this season um, 56 so it's just a, it's something that i didn't really see coming and uh, it's really uh, enhanced 
fastest fantasy value uh, at this current moment in time anyway that is for sure the other player that he had mentioned uh, in the article this week was uh, Calvin Ridley we're both massive Calvin Ridley fans uh, we've kind of been on this train since the start but had a couple of uh, quiet weeks and now he's had a, a couple of explosive weeks after coming back from that injury so good to see Calvin Ridley moving in the right direction um, and the other the other guys I guess that you know I mentioned there's uh, Terry McLaurin you know he, he the quarterback situation obviously it's a for a rookie quarterback and you know i think things will improve there but um i i really like what i see him from the wide receiver but the problem could be the quarterback play moving forward mightn't be just what we what we want to see but we'll, we'll measure that as the as the weeks and months go forward but uh, do you want to mention any other off the the wide receiver should you want to hit on ridley well ridley like you said he had the big game 27 expected points that put him third among all players this past week and represented a new career high uh, Blair points out that that the funny thing about it is this was actually his career low in fantasy points over expectation so underperformed that volume but still had a good game for his fantasy owners the other thing is even with that career low his 27 point average in fantasy points over expectation is 2.9 right so He's given you basically three points per game more than his volume would suggest. And with a running mate like Julio Jones, with a quarterback like Matt Ryan, with the dome that they play so many games in and have such a favorable schedule playing there in the NFC South, certainly someone I think we can expect to continue to be efficient as he goes forward, in part because he's just also a very, very good player. So as we start to see the volume jump, I think we're going to see exciting things from Ridley. It's been a disappointing season, but yet still a good season. And so this is the time to go out and get him. A lot of the value in this particular game occurred in garbage time. And so I think there are going to be a number of owners who know that, who are kind of looking to get out and think they can sell high a little bit based on this garbage time production. Try and take advantage of that if you're in a league with that type of player. Certainly you're going to have to pay, but Ridley in year three, I think that we could easily see what we've seen from Chris Godwin in year three, which is a secondary breakout. You know, if you want to call it a third breakout, you know, continuing to take the next step and get into that truly elite range. Now's the time to strike yeah i really i really, i i can't really go out and buy him in too many leagues because he's on most of my rosters it went away too late for me in my opinion uh and that rookie draft you know kind of season uh this time last year or you know summertime last year uh, so go and get him if you can uh if you're in my leagues there's not much point in looking to acquire him i, I don't think he's going anywhere uh sean we looked then at uh the situation with the best ball win rates so uh, you put, put, put it up on the site uh, at the end of last week and you had some information as well about the mfl uh, 10 of death as well but looking through um the actual performances this week that we talked about quite a few of these guys in those uh, in your lineup uh, throughout the draft results so i'm pretty sure that the team had a successful week this past week but what were some of the interesting parts sean that you've noticed um you know from your draft until now um and obviously uh, some of the players that would uh, give you that uh, boost in terms of uh, win rates at the current moment yeah so when we're looking at the best ball uh, landscape we're looking at our best ball tours tools our goal is to create a sustainable advantage that you can take year to year to year and win to have this structural edge going into your draft we had i think 15 lessons all told in the best ball workshop and these are things that we take from the different best ball roster construction explorer other research that we've done and certainly the experience of our writers 
playing in these different leagues and using different strategies within the leagues. And we've been fortunate enough that that, that research has led to good results uh, in the MFL 10 of death. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to keep my winning streak going. But the thing that I'm shooting for right now is to try and finish in the top two for the fifth straight year. And it's finishing second because Scott Barrett has had a fantastic season. Uh, he has Fournette. Fournette, not even really the driver for his team. Uh, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, DJ Chark nailed all of those guys late. Uh, he's got a very good lead although i was able to take a little bit back this past week uh second place definitely still an option and looking through what we did structurally and then mike beerish just has so many fantastic tools on the site and one of the things that's fun is just going through and looking at the scores looking at the win rates uh over the last four weeks we've looked at the running back position the wide receiver position the tight end position broken all of those down looked at how they fit within the strategy that we outlined before the season and then this week i just wanted to take a quick look at the mfl 10 of death go through my roster talk about how it was shaking out round one camara obviously that would have worked a little bit better if he had had those extra couple games uh with his solid week this last week he's up to 6.7 percent mike already has the the win rates updated for this week for users who are interested that round two mike evans was one of our guys slipped to me there you know didn't have the big week this week but he's still sitting at a 15 percent win rate really helping the roster ty hilton in round three obviously again uh, was looking very good was above nine percent through week seven since the injuries has dropped down to 7.2 then we come to, to round four dj moore we've talked about him at length but i did want to mention that he was the other guy for ben's and my roster his week with landry's week put us over the top we got that 177 to 162 upset despite the evans godwin uh, result there and so we're both ecstatic looking forward to week 13 and and dj moore certainly our favorite guy this week his win rate up to 12.4 percent ridley in round five we just talked about him with his big game this week uh jumped actually jumped from 7.7 to 9.9 percent so now in very much into the positive uh, with him actually i'm sorry that was the previous week with the with the good game another good game he's now up to 10.1 percent will fuller another one of our guys that we love back in in round six he was a, a weird dude where his win rate because of that 53 point game uh had stayed fairly high throughout that month that he missed with a hamstring another good game on sunday gets him or on thursday night gets him up to 12.5 percent Jerry Cook in round seven, he was the one who took the big jump this week with that monster game with Drew Brees. Goes from 7.4 all the way up to 9%. So now he's sitting in the positive. Cortland Sutton, one of our second-year breakout targets, the round eight guy. Uh, excellent season, 11% going into the week. The Broncos very much shut down by the Bills. Drops to 10.3%. Round nine, Royce Freeman, a little bit of a bust there. Uh, Hines in round 10 has been a bust is sitting at 7.1 percent then round 11 Drew Brees obviously missing all those games has been a bust however this one didn't hurt at all because <laughs> we had the magic of Lamar Jackson your guy in round 12 and Lamar he I was talking last night with 
uh, some family, some other. Uh, my sister has Lamar Jackson. She obviously best record, most points in her super flex league. Uh, you know, we're big Chiefs fans discussing who you'd rather have to start your franchise at this point, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. We both decided that it would still be clearly Mahomes, but that at number two, there was as big a gap from Jackson to anybody for number three as I think a year ago there had been from Mahomes to the rest of the field. So that's a, a big, big step he's taken there. 19%, 19.6% win rate for a quarterback, right? That's how monstrous his season has been. Breida in 13, 8.2. Jalen Richard finally having a decent week. Uh, you wouldn't think it based on how the Raiders running backs have gone through, but he's actually a tiny bit above average at 8.6. So those are the main guys. Unfortunately, rounds 15 through round 20, I didn't hit as have several times in the past. Scott dominated me in those rounds. And so unfortunately, you know, that's where it was lost. But as you mentioned, it was the top score for week 12. Another one of the ones where our Rotoviz guys came through for me and that boosted me. So I think I'm now one point ahead of Denny for second place and, uh, you know, against these guys. I mean, these are all of my favorite guys in this contest. Certainly the analysts that I have an immense amount of respect for in the fantasy community coming in second place in that league would be a huge success and, and would be very exciting. So I'll be tracking those guys down these last several weeks to see if they can hold, you know, have, still have a big gap to Scott. Um, certainly if those guys stay healthy, maybe isn't impossible but certainly when he Cortland Sutton and, and Mike Evans also you know pull their weight a little bit more going next week yeah it's going to it's going to be hard to get to first but uh you know as you mentioned um, the the company that you're keeping there Sean uh, is quite an elite group with Evan Silva Rumford Johnny you mentioned uh Danny Carter Scott Barrett There's, it's just so 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 it's like a stud lineup uh all across the board you know Mike Clay uh Sigmund Bloom and all those guys in there it's just uh it's just a phenomenal group of uh, fantasy football uh, analysts and players so uh, always fun to, to run through that and to see how things are shaking up but let's jump into overtime and let's talk about things we are thankful for so sean we've mentioned on the show a couple of times we're very thankful for guys like dj moore and calvin ridley after week 12 but i guess we'll uh, shout out and um, it goes without saying um when we talk about what we're thankful for the the people who listen in each and every week to the show give us the support to all the podcasts across the network uh you know and and read into the site we're always thankful to all of those folks but uh, is there anything in particular you want to give a, a shout out to whether it be uh, fantasy you know podcast football anything related in life other than being thankful to have patrick mahomes uh, on the chiefs roster <laughs> in the context of a year that you know across the world i think can be a little bit difficult it's great to have things like fantasy football even though their level of importance is not very high having recreation having community those things are the things that can help balance and and make life worth living make it a great experience every day to be with each other certainly friends and family so i'm thankful for the listeners i'm thankful for the readers certainly the people who have been involved with our slack channel and the guys on our team the rotoviz community of writers is 
I, I just I think unparalleled. Now, obviously, that's mostly coming from my bias, but the guys who are in there, who are chatting with the readers, who are chatting with our people in that community, I appreciate what they're doing so much. And I know that they get a lot out of it. Uh, it's great reinforcement for them. I know the listeners get a lot out of it. And so I just, I really appreciate what they're doing and, and just the community that we all get to be involved in enjoying this recreation. And again, recreation is not important compared to so many things that are going on, but at the same time, it's vital to balance out and, and help us enjoy life. And so I'm, I'm thankful that community and recreation can be a part of what we have uh, in this 2019 season. Yeah, you kind of nailed it there. That's a really good one. You know, in terms of like people will say like, oh, I often hear the phrase, why are you getting annoyed with a football game? It's only a game or, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Uh, It's the same for fantasy football. Like if you win a game by 10 points or lose a game by 10 points at the end of like four or five years down the line, what does it really mean? But at the end of the day, like you mentioned, it is a recreation. It is something to relax yourself or to take your mind away. Sometimes this world is a a crazy, crazy place. So a really, a really good, a really good answer there. And uh, I guess we just have to be thankful for all the opportunities that we have to do this uh, for the listeners, as we mentioned, and, you know, to to have a high score in fantasy football season, I guess, but uh, thankful for for everything, I guess. Uh, I'm just after coming home from uh, a two-day break with uh, my little girl and uh, my wife. So sometimes the the small things like that there um, can be very very uh, overlooked sometimes you don't uh, realize how how important they are and uh, i'm thankful i guess uh, for that uh, really enjoyable time but I, I guess at the end of it it is just to, to be thankful for everything that we have and the opportunity that we have to to bring the podcast to the listeners each and every week uh, so thanks again as always for tuning in and with that it's going to wrap up this thanksgiving edition of the show hopefully you've enjoyed it in uh, and hopefully you, you will uh, be back next week for more action as we as we get ready to really ramp things up towards the playoffs and it's uh, it's, it's crazy sean how fast this season has gone in but it's been a, a really fun ride so far and let's hope it ends with success for ourselves and for the listeners as we get multiple fantasy championships to, to come on board but that's going to do it as i mentioned for this show of course i mentioned the thanksgiving offer with my bookie earlier in the show make sure you go and check that out mybookie.ag uh, free bet up to 250 dollars on that thursday night football game uh, so do check that out once again with the code rotoviz as always you can follow me on twitter at overtime Ireland. my co-host is sean siegel who you can check out all the great work of up on rotoviz.com uh, throughout the rest of the week and until we're back with another one have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.